This is a great year. The first day of the year, and it's on Sunday. What a great time to commit this to the Lord. And I, I want to talk to you about stepping into victory this, this year. Actually, four steps to a victorious new year. First, I want to, something that's significant about the number 17. It's composed of two numbers, 10 and 7. Uh, 10 is a, a number of, of fullness, of, of uh, uh, and then 7, of course, it talks about the zenith or the high point where it's, you're most successful or, or most powerful, so it's composed of that. And 17, really, the way it's seen in the Bible, the way it's used in the Bible, is used for complete victory. So I want you to think about that, and that this year is going to be a time of complete victory in everything that we do, and it really talks about uh, overcoming the enemy specifically, how it's seen and where it's used. Um, you know, God overcame uh, sin and uh, rebellious sin upon the face of the earth when he sent the flood in, in Noah's day, and it, that came on the 17th day of the second Hebrew month, and then it ended on the 17th day of the seventh month, and that was, and it was complete victory and a complete change, a newness that came about. And I'm believing for that the old has passed away, all things are becoming new, that we're stepping into a, a new degree of victory for the Lord, a complete victory. Also something that's interesting is that Jesus brought about complete victory when he rose from the dead. And that happened on the 17th day of the Jewish month of Nisan. So there's some significant stuff about the number 17. And I'm believing that the Lord has just really uh, dropped on my heart that this is going to be a very significant year. It's going to be a year of victory. It's time to step into those things. And we can't let the, the devil deceive us or confuse us or keep us, our attention on something else so that we're missing out on the victory that God has for us. And so we need to keep focused on that. And so, you know, this is New Year's and it's time for resolutions. Let's be honest. Has anybody made some New Year's resolutions? You know, about that, uh, we're going to eat less and, and uh, save more money, exercise. You know, does that really work? Did anybody keep that past February last year of 2016? Uh, eat better, you know, stop smoking, stop this, stop that, get better habits and everything like that. Resolutions, they're not, uh, they don't last too long, do they? Now, I'm going to challenge you today to take these four different steps that I'm going to give to you today and resolve to do them in, throughout this year, and I believe that you're going to step into a complete victory. I want you to turn to, since it's 2017, I want us to turn to, to 2 Chronicles 2017 and see what uh, is going on there and take this as a foundation and something to think about as we walk into what God has for us. 2 Chronicles 2017, on this first day of 2017, he says there, this is a prophecy that's coming forth, what the Lord is speaking to them. And he says, you will not have to fight this battle. Take up your positions, stand firm, and see the deliverance that the Lord will give you. Judah and Ju Jerusalem, he's speaking to. Do not be afraid, do not be discouraged. Go out to face them tomorrow, and the Lord will be with you. I'm believing that those words are activated in our life today. You will not have to fight this battle. The things that are going on that's coming against you, the, the opposition that's, that Satan, the plans that Satan has sent, the assignments that he's sent against you, you don't have to fight these things. The Bible says, thanks be unto God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Victory has been released. It's been sent. Uh, God wants us to walk into it. And so we don't have to struggle in our own sense, in our own self. I think the, the thing that, the area where we get defeated and, and Satan really holds us to the mat is when we try in our own self, in our own strengths, our own thoughts, our own 
feelings, our philosophies, and, and thinking that we could just do it. And, and if Satan can keep us into ourself, he can keep us defeated. But we need to step out of that and, and realize that our strength comes from the Lord. Our help comes from the Lord, right? And so, in a way, as he says, you will not have to fight this battle. It's not going to be in our own strength, but it's going to be in a strength from the Lord. In Corinthians, it says, the weapons that we fight with are not carnal. They're not of this world, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. You need to claim that. Claim that for yourself right now and for this year. The, the weapons of warfare are not carnal. They're not going to be on ourself or what our ability, our inability. So don't say, well, I would, I would do such and such, but I can't. You know, if only I was smarter, if I, only I was better looking, if only I had a different job, if only I had a different wife, if only I had a different whatever. Don't keep looking at all those different things. No. Uh, don't, that's not where it comes from. Our help comes from the Lord. It's not in ourself, but it's in him. And so he says, you will not have to fight this battle. Take up your positions. Come on, be a Christian. Be a believer. It's time that we stand up and be a believer. Be who we are. He was saying, look, take up your positions. You are in the army of God, not in Jehoshaphat's army. When Goliath was wreaking havoc and, and putting fear into uh, the army of Israel... The word that was going on says, oh, you know, uh, the army of Saul, the army of Israel, we don't have any strength. There's nobody, we don't have anybody in our army that can face Goliath. You know, the army of Saul, the army of Israel, they kept referring to the army of Israel and in their own strength. And that we don't have anybody big enough or strong enough to, to fight this fight. Little old David comes up and, and he says, wait a minute. This is the army of God. <laughs> and he began to look outside of natural ability, natural strength and said, you know what? This is the army of God. How dare you defile, he's speaking to Goliath, how dare you defile the army of God? And that's what we need to realize is that we're in the army of God. Take your position. Who are you? What has God called you to do? Step up. Like Christian was saying, you know, about, about the drama that's coming up this year. There's no greater privilege on the face of the earth than to be a part of evangelism, be a part of the gospel, the good news, the, the, the message that, that God has to a lost and dying world to be a part of that, man, that's, that's a high calling. It's a high calling. And so take your position. Take up. You know, be a part. The guys that came up here yesterday and did a lot of maintenance and through the lights, you know what? They, they stepped up. They took up their positions. They said, look, we can handle this. We can do this. Let's do it, and let's do it for the Lord. They take time out of their day and and uh, to, to serve the Lord and to give themselves to God. So he says, you will not have to fight this battle. It's not going to be in your own strength. Don't look around to see what you have or what you don't have. Because most of the time when we get to looking at ourselves, we always see the lack, right? Well, when I, get, when I hit the lottery, then I'm going to do such and such. Or when I get this, or when I get older, or when I... We always have a when. You know, when we get so-and-so, we're going to do it. No, and it, that win never comes. So you'll not have to fight this battle. Take up your positions. And then it says stand firm. A lot of times we step out to take a position for God. And then we, well, we're so weak-willed whenever the enemy comes out, uh-oh, and they turn and run. In the, uh, the Revolutionary War, there was a lot of militiamen that, that had to be called forward in this new forming nation and one of the things that would happen in, in the battles as they would come about, when the, the British would come up and, and the militia would see, hey, this is real. This is getting real now. They'd turn and run. And one of the things that they had to teach them and train them uh, was to face the enemy. Take your stand and, and stand firm and don't, don't turn and run. 
Don't be afraid of them. Take your position. Trust in your training. Trust in your, in your weapon. Trust in the direction and, and your leaders and fight the fight. You know, we need to stand firm. We need to trust in the Lord. He's called us and he's equipped us. And we don't need to, the first sign of, of opposition when we step out and say, okay, God's going to fight this battle. And then we see the enemy running at us. Like, okay, God, where are you? I thought you said we have to fight. No, but we're to take our position and stand firm in faith. Stand firm. Don't give in. Don't, don't give way to your feelings or your fears or, or various things like that. Stand firm and see the deliverance of the Lord You will uh, that God's given. He says, do not be afraid. Don't let fear come into your life. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of love and power and of a sound mind. So you don't have to be afraid and don't be discouraged. Those are weapons that the enemy brings against us. And he says, uh, go out and face them. Get up. Take your stand. Go out. Face the enemy. You know, that's where it's happening. But you never get a victory unless you get out there in the battlefield. There's, not, there's never a victory unless there's a conflict to have victory over. So go out and face them tomorrow, and the Lord will be with you. Know that he is an ever-present help in our time of need. Now, that theme is going to govern us through this year, I believe. I really believe that. Mark it down. When you get a little nervous, you get a little afraid, you get a little discouraged, pull that out and read it. And say, okay, i got to stand firm here. i got to trust God. i got to trust in his promises. i got to trust in my training. Trust in my, the, my, my leader, which is my commander, which is the Lord Jesus Christ. i got to trust in him. I'm going to stand firm. And then I'm going to see the deliverance of the Lord. That, that's what we're going to see in 2017. It's going to come about. Now open uh, or turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 57. Here's some more foundational verses for this year as we're walking into this year amen anybody getting anything out of this y'all are being real quiet i guess you're thinking you're setting it all you're getting it all locked in amen praise god first corinthians chapter 15 and verse 57 says but thanks be to god and that has an exclamation mark but thanks be to god i mean like hey come on get excited about this thanks be to god Look, what, for what's going to happen here, give thanks to God. He gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Paul got excited about that, and he wanted the Corinthians to be excited about it. He says, thanks be to God. You don't understand. You need to give thanks to God because he's given us the victory through the Lord Jesus Christ. You need to be excited that victory is coming. 2017 is going to be a better year than 2016. And everybody said, amen. Let's prophesy our future, Amen. 2017 is going to be a lot better than 2016. We're going to walk in victory like we never walked in victory in 2016. Now, I know what you're thinking. Didn't he just say to get a victory, you had to go through a conflict? So what's up with that? No, no big deal, right? You know, we, we always want to see the fire of God, the fire of God. You know, usually what brings about fire is friction, <laughs> you know? And so there's going to be a little bit of friction. There's going to be conflict. But you know what? We're going to go out. And we're going to face the enemy, and we're going to see the deliverance that the Lord is going to bring. But thanks be to God, he gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. That backs up what was being said there to Jehoshaphat and his army is, it's not through us, through our strength, through our ability, or our lack of ability. It's through the Lord Jesus Christ. How many of you believe that he is the victor, that he's the mighty God? Greater is he that's in the world than he that's, uh, that's in us than he that's in the world. The greater one lives in us. He dwells in us. Thanks be unto God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. You go out to do something on your own 
Or if you back away out of fear, then you're on your own and things happen. Victory doesn't come. But victory comes through the Lord Jesus Christ. You need to think about that because that's where all of those things really come together. Because you're at this point of where you have to make a decision. Do I turn and run? (laughs) Do I fight or do I flight? Am I going to take a stand or am I going to retreat? And it's just right there and it's just at, at such a breaking point that sometimes it seems to be more intense than what it seems that we're getting victory. You know, and before the greatest victory comes the greatest uh, pressure and opposition, but there's breakthrough. I grew up on Lake Texoma and uh, started skiing when I was about five years old. And was in the, we always doing something on the lake. And, and down in front of our house was uh, a lot of these big rocks and, and some cliffs and big old rocks. And, and this one little cove right in front of our house was this huge boulder. And when it was calm, there was about four inches of this boulder exposed. And it was uh, porous enough that you could kind of get a handhold. And boy, when the waves would get really big, we'd run down there and jump on that rock and hold on. And these huge waves would come in and just knock you over, you know. And you you hold on like that, and pretty soon it breaks. And you come up and go, that sounds stupid. I don't know why we wanted to do that. But we did. You know, it was like, but in the intensity, you could just see this wave coming. Oh, here it comes. It's going to hit me. It's going to hit me. Bam! And, and you're like, can I, I'm going to hold on to the rock. I'm going to hold on to this rock. I'm not going to get knocked off. And that's what we'd see. Who could stay on, you know, or who's going to get knocked off? I want to tell you, that's something that I look back to in my life. I want to hold on to the rock, the solid rock, Christ Jesus. No matter what the waves come, no matter how high they are, how hard they crash against me, I know that there's going to be a break in those waves. I'm going to catch my breath. I'm going to be solid on that rock because it's unmovable. Can't move that big rock. It's gone through everything. That's what we need to do in Christ. In him, I have victory through the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 58, therefore, my dear brothers, stand firm. We hear that again. That's what God was speaking to the army there, Jehoshaphat's army. Stand firm. If you keep hearing that, those two words, then there must be something about it. Stand firm. He wouldn't tell us to stand firm if there wasn't a really big push to cause us to give up. Stand firm. Stand fast. You know, trust God. Trust his word. You know, that's why people, they don't give finances. They don't uh, walk, break through into other areas of victory in their life because they don't trust God. They think at the last minute, they think, well, I got to take care of this myself. God didn't show up, so, okay, I, I got to do this. I got plan B. We always have plan B. I want to tell you what real faith is. No plan B. Actually, it's even not even plan A. It's just trust God. Wherever he goes, I'm going. I got a new puppy. It's a German shepherd. Her name is Sasha. And Sasha, uh, as a puppy, you know, they want to just stay right with you. So I've been training her to stay right, right with me. And I've been walking her. I've been trying to put some time into her, train her while she's young, so that when she gets older, that training will still be there. And that's the way we ought to be in the Lord, right? You know, uh, we get it, take it all in when we don't need it, so that when we do need it, it can come forth. So she's watching me, and, and she'll look up, and she's just going to stay right beside me. So if she starts to take off, and I'll, I'll take a turn like that, and it'll just kind of, you know, my leg will bump her in the, in the head and get her attention again, and she'll just walk, and she's like, she has no clue where we're going. She doesn't know what's out there. Everything's new to her, but she's just, she knows me, and she's going to trust me. I'm like, you know what, Lord, that's the way I want to be with you. Just want to watch you. I want to watch what you do, where you move. I'm going to follow you. I played basketball in high school, and one of the things on defense, one of the things that, that our coach taught us to do, I don't know if it's 
He might not have been a very good coach. We didn't win that many games, but this is what he told us on defense was uh, don't watch somebody's shoulders or their head because they'll fake you out. But watch their waist. They can't, can't, if they move with their waist, that's where they're, you know, of course you can take a step like that, but the waist is still set until they go completely like that and then they're making a commitment. At least you're gonna, not going to be looking real bad like when they faked you out and you're over here and they're already gone, you know. And so watch them, watch them close and keep your eyes there to, to know where they're going to go. I thought that's what I want to do with, with the Lord. I want to watch him. I want to be close to him. I want to see where he's going. I don't want to get faked out. I'm going to follow him. I preached a message several years ago called the dust of the, of the Messiah and what, uh, or the rabbi. And what would happen, what they would say, they had this saying, the Jews had this saying, that they wanted to walk so close to their rabbi, their teacher, they wanted to be so close to him that the dust from his sandals would fall on their face. It would flip up and be on their face. They would, that, that close, watching his every step, his every move, that the dust, may the dust of the rabbi fall upon me. And I thought, wow, I want to be so close to Jesus, the rabbi, that... When his sandals are flicking that dust up, it's coming back on me. I want to be right in with him. People, we need to trust him so we stand firm. Doesn't matter what's going on out there. Doesn't matter what's happening around about us. We are on the solid rock, Christ Jesus. We're fixed in him. Our victory is in him. Our victory is sustained in him. It comes through him and is, is sustained through him. And so he says, let nothing move you. In verse 58, let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord. Let nothing move you. Wow. As I look back, you know, over the years, I see different times when, man, I was trusting the Lord. But all of a sudden, something came up, and it moved me. You know, it moved me just enough that maybe I got out of that, that perfect will of God, and then I had to react to a situation rather than responding to a situation. You know, if you're taking medication... They're always watching to see if your body responds to the medication or it has a reaction to the medication. How many of you know it's not good to have a reaction to the medication, right? So in our life, when trials come up, if we have a reaction to the situation, that means, hey, wait a minute, something's not right here. I need to respond to this so that the trial can make me stronger and I can grow in it and I can exercise my faith in it and I can have victory in the midst of that trial. It's going to make me stronger. And we can do that when our trust is in him, when we're not allowing it to move us. That's so easy to say, isn't it? <laughs> some of you went through some great trials in 2016. Maybe coming from 2013 and 2014 and 2015 into 2016, that there's been some tough times and some rough trials and some things going on. But I, I want to tell you something. It's a time of great victory. Complete, great, great, complete victory. Now, you say, well... How do I bring that to my level? Because, see, God does things, and I think that things move uh, across the face of the earth, you know, uh, as God wills it to come about, and he, he releases it. So we need to step into that, like stepping into the wave, catch the wave and ride it, and let it instead of letting the, the wave pull you down. And so victory, I believe, complete victory uh, is being released to the body of Christ, to the, to the church of the living God throughout this year for us to take greater strides and take greater degrees of the kingdom of God than ever before. It's time for us to advance, not to retreat. I'm believing for that $2,200 for that soundboard. We need it. We don't need, you know, in the middle of the podcast about the time to start to say something that's really important for God, it cuts out or it fuzzes or it, it gets... it. it sends too much of a signal through and it distorts it. You might not hear it here, but sometimes it distorts the signal. 
You know, well, wait a minute. Somebody somewhere is listening to that. But you know what? We need it, and God needs it. It's a tool. I'm believing for finances to come in for the drama and for people to come that will be saved. But not only that, the people that will recommit their lives to the Lord and take a stand for him, and that they'll walk into greater degrees of victory. We need to, to walk in, in the degree of victory that God has for us so that others around us can come into victory. If you're on a, an airplane and they, they give you the little safety spiel at the first and they say that if the cabin loses air pressure that uh, oxygen mass will drop down from the, from the ceiling and they show you that, dangle it down and says, please put yours on first and then help give assistance to somebody else that needs it. It wouldn't be too good if you was trying to help somebody else and you never put yours on and then you pass out because you don't have any oxygen. You can't help nobody, right? So we need to uh, make sure that, you know, we're strong in the Lord and that, so that we can help other people to walk into a greater degree of victory themselves. The very first thing that I believe that, that we need to do, these steps of victory, and I believe that we're going to be talking a lot about victory, especially the first few months of this year, as I've looked at this, the Lord really kind of meshed these things together. So let me just try to bring it about so that you can have a few things here as a foundation to begin to assimilate this message. It'd be like a plate, you know, as you put stuff on there that you can kind of get it together. You got to put the potatoes on so that then you can put the gravy on top of that, right? You know, so here's a, the foundation here is that this, everything really has a basis on forgiveness. Forgiveness has a lot to do with victory. And as I begin to look at this, there's always a... A release, and then uh, a renewal, and a restoration, and then victory. It's always a releasing of something, whether it's fear or, uh, or disobedience or whatever, and then stepping in and letting him then renew us and then be restored so that we can begin to walk in victory. So think about a foundation of forgiveness through all of these different steps as we go into it. The very first thing is that you need to forget about your failures. We can see victory over past uh, haunts, I guess, if you will. It seems like Satan always brings up our past failures and he haunts us with it. And it's just something that just kind of hovers around. And every time we get ready to take a step out for the Lord or to do something for the Lord, it's like it's right there. Oh, but remember, or you can't do that because... And he always brings these things up about what we did and about our past and what happened in our past. And he says, well, you, you had that failure. Remember, you failed in that and you quit there. And, and maybe you bring up past failures in marriages or, or in maybe education or skill or ability or something. And he brings it up and it just haunts us and it seems to hold us back. You got to forget about those things. Got to put, forget about it and step on into victory today and get victory over these, I'll call them past haunts. And see, in a sense, it's really forgiving yourself because all of these things were based upon bad choices. We made bad choices. Maybe when you were a teenager, you made some bad choices. You made some poor choices. And Satan just holds those over your head all the time. Well, if you hadn't done such and such, if you'd have done this, maybe you have somebody else that's in your life that's telling you, you know, if you would have done such and such, then, the, you know, you, you wouldn't be where you are. And they're just always telling us those things. Well, you got to release them too. But we need to be released from these past things. Okay, so you made a bad choice. There was failure. You failed in a situ situation. Go on. Move on from it. Come on, get away from it. You know, get up out of that tomb 
that Satan would try to hold you in, just like Lazarus, come forth, shake off the grave clothes, walk on into victory with the grace clothes that God has for you, forgiveness, resurrection, a newness of life, walking into victory. That'd be a great place for a, a praise the Lord. 2,000 years ago, Paul gave the Philippians some words and under the direction of the Holy Spirit, and I think that they're still... Uh, valuable to us today. In Philippians chapter 3, verse 13 and 14, Paul says, forgetting what is behind. Forgetting what is behind. Paul had to forget that he had stood there and had Stephen stoned and had him executed. He held the clothes for those that stoned Stephen. He had to forget about how he had persecuted the church and, and how he had taken that stand because Satan would bring it up to him. Oh, who do you think? You're going to be an apostle? Yeah, and look at you. What are people going to say when they see you? Oh, look out. Here comes that one that, that was killing Christians. And that's what they would say. But Paul had to go on past that. He had to get past those things that would haunt him and try to hold him back so he could step into a new realm of victory. And he wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. Wow. I'd say that was pretty successful, wouldn't you? You know, God's got something better for you. He's got something more for you. But you've got to step on into it and forget the past and move forward. Forgetting what is behind and straining forward, he says, to what lies ahead. If you think it's going to be easy, you got another think coming. Because it's not always easy. But it's never impossible. Amen? Not always easy, but it's never impossible. All things are possible through him. He's the one that gives us strength. He's the one that has called us, enabled us. If we look at ourselves, or we look at what we have... We're going to come up short, right? But that's why that we see that the victory uh, is ours, but the battle is the Lord's. It's his strength. It's through his strength, who he is, not through us. And so when the devil tries to bring your past up and tell you all of your failures and everything and all the reasons why you can't do it because you lack so much, just say, it's not me, it's God. I'm just following along. I'm just right up there watching him. <laughs> I'm just trying to get the dust off of his sandals. And just the dust off of his sandals is enough to put the devil to flight, Amen. Hallelujah. There's a new realm of, of victory, a new anointing of victory that's being released. And people, we're just stepping across the threshold right now. This is just the threshold that we're stepping into it. We're step, and we, don't even, we can't even fathom what this is going to uh, bring to us. I can't wait for the Lord to come as we look back. Or maybe if we make it through 2017, if the Lord doesn't come, we'll turn around and look and say, Man. Look what happened. I never would have imagined that that could have happened to me. Who am I that that should have happened to? So the devil tries to say, you ain't nothing. That'll never happen to you. It'll never come to you because of, you know, where you've come from. You say, oh, I'll tell you what. I don't, it doesn't matter where I came from, but it doesn't matter where you're going. And I know where you're going, and I know where I'm going. I'm going to victory, and you're going to defeat. Amen. Satan wants to hold us back, but God's got something better for us. Paul says, forgetting what is behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal. I press on. I press, push through to, uh, for the goal. I like to watch football. And uh, I've been pretty amazed. At, at, and I love to watch these running backs of when, man, they, they take the ball. And I'm trying to think. I don't know if it's uh, Miller. Is it Miller that's playing for the Texans this year, that new guy? He's hurt right now. 
He was pressing too hard. But, you know, it's like, you know, you see this, this whole pile of people, and then all of a sudden they're all moving this way, you know? It's like, really? And I saw this one running back, and he was even turned this way, backwards, and he was just pushing, 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 and this whole, the whole mob, the whole pile was just going with him. He's like, yeah, go for it, man. He said, I'm going to get one more inch. I'm going to get one more foot. I'm going to get another yard. I'm going to keep pushing. And that's what Paul said, pressing toward the mark. I'm pressing toward the goal. I might only get a foot this time, but I might get a yard the next time. The next time I might get 10 yards. Next time I might get the goal. I might get a touchdown the next time. But I'm going to press hard every time. You know, there's sometimes, you see some of those running backs that they get about one or two yards every time they carry. Maybe four yards. And then all of a sudden, they break out. And I saw this one. He broke through. He's like, whoa, there's nobody around me. It's like, wow, I'm free. I'm free. Run. Get after it. Press on, he says, toward the goal for, the, for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. We are overcomers. That means that we walk in victory. And this year, 2017, is a realm, a release, where we can walk in complete victory. I believe it. Now's the time for it. No longer a slave. No longer being held back by what the devil says. I like to watch documentaries and history stories, and uh, there's been a lot of these. Seemed like a couple of months ago, there was a lot of these uh, series on the Civil War again. I'm trying to remember what some of the titles were, but as I was watching that, something that was interesting at the end of the war, many of the slaves that really had been freed with this Emancipation Proclamation, they went back to being slaves again after the war. It's like, really, what's up with that? They just went back to being slaves because they didn't know anything other. Maybe somebody told them, you ain't going to make it. Where do you think you are? Where are you going to go? How, what else are you going to do? This is all you know. This is all you know. They thought, you know, that's true. You know, at least I got a place to stay. I know how to do what I'm doing. I'm going to go do that. It's not so bad. You know what? The devil wants to tell you, you know, you don't need to push for anything else. You know, this is okay. This is your place. It might not be what you really want, but at least you, you're familiar with it. It always amazes me. Why does a woman who's being battered and abused in a relationship turn around and go back to that idiot? It just blows my mind. But, and they say, well, at least that's familiar to her. She doesn't know what she would do, where she would go, what else she would do. So she puts up with it because that's familiar. I want to tell you the devil wants to do that to every one of us to push us back to what is familiar. Because we might not be out there, you know, we're pushing toward our dream or to the success that God has for us, but at least we know this. At least we know what to do. At least we're a little bit familiar. And at least I can cope with this. Wait a minute. It's not your own strength. It's not what you can cope with or what you can't cope with. It's the victory is from the Lord. And he says, come on, I got something better for you. I got something new for you. It's going to be unknown. It's going to be a step into something where you're going to think that you couldn't do it. That it's not within your, but it's not within your strength. It's in his strength. And I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Whoo! This is one of them Gatorade sermons. <laughs> Christian got me pumped up just doing the announcements. You know, many of us, it could have been, we're all familiar with failure. Bad choices, made a bad decision. But you know, those things are what teach us to make good decisions, right? Not to do those things again. But we don't go back and allow that failure to hold us back down and, and just that we can't do anything else. No, we move on from it. William Durant said, forget 
past mistakes and forget failures. Forget everything except what you're going to do now and do it. I think that's some pretty good words. Forget about it and think about what you're going to do right now and do it. Do it now. Do what the Lord has for you to do right now. It's a new day. It's a new year. Amen. I jotted these things down. It's a good time for you to rise to the challenge of forgetting your past. It is a challenge. It's always going to come up there. Ask God to help you and to forgive you and to help, and to help you to forgive yourself so that you can walk into this greater degree of victory. Hallelujah. Isaiah chapter 43, verse 18. Listen to what Isaiah says. Lining up. You know, when there's a truth, when there's a major foundational truth that God wants to establish and for us to set ourselves upon and to, uh, as, a, as a, a rock, something that, that we can't be shaken off of, he's gonna, you'll see it throughout his word several times. So we saw what Paul's been saying in the New Testament. Isaiah in chapter 43 says, forget the former things. Sounds familiar, doesn't it? Forget the former things. Forget those things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a, a way in the wilderness and streams in the wastelands. You know, yeah, we're in the wilderness. We're trying to get home. We're trying to get to heaven. While we're here, we're walking through the wilderness. But he says that he's going to make a way in this wilderness that you're in. Where that you don't really, maybe your goal is not in sight and you don't know how to get there. You're not sure exactly what way to go. But he says, look, I'm going to make a way for you. You follow me, you listen to me, I'll make a way for you in the wilderness. I'll put streams in the wastelands where you feel like that you don't have what it takes, whether it's ability or finances or whatever, talents or good looks or whatever. He said, don't worry about it. I'll put streams in the wastelands, in your wastelands where you have lack, I'm going to put supply. Hallelujah. So whenever you're thinking and you're contemplating some things and, and all that comes through your mind is what you lack to be able to do that. Start jotting those things down. And you lack this, and you lack this, and you lack that. And you lack all these things. Write them all down and say, okay, there's my victory list right there. That's what God's going to supply to me right there. Because, see, I don't have it. But God does. I don't have it. And he said he'll supply all my needs. Now, if it's your wants and, and if it's just for some selfish things, you know, that's not guaranteed. But if it's a need to get from point A to where God wants you, he'll supply those needs. It's a release, renew, restore, and then victory is how it works. We've got to release some things. So we release the past, the past failures. We forgive ourselves. Let that forgiveness work and be that thing that really brings it together and allows God's grace to work in our life. And then we are restored so that we can walk in and begin to accomplish things that we never thought that we could do. We need to say yesterday's gone. It's gone. It's in the past. Nothing else that we can do about it. We can't do anything to bring it back. And you know what? Uh, you don't need to dwell on the should have, I should have, could have, would have. You know, there's people that are walking and, and they're always, they're still living in the past. Well, you know, I should have done such and such. Or if I, if I would have done this, would have, should have, could have. But you didn't. So start now. Start doing it. You're not going to achieve it back then. You know, this one guy I, I knew, you talked to him, and it seemed like everything's going fine, and then he all of a sudden started going way back. Well, you know, back when we were in high school, we'd have, we'd have gone to state. But old so-and-so, 
you know, he, right at the last play, he fumbled the ball, and we lost. That's a true story. It was, you know, they'd gone to stay. Or it's everything like in his life. Well, you know, da-da-da-da-da. And we could have done such and such, but it was either somebody, something happened, and we couldn't. And he lived his life. And I'm talking about a man that was, you know, 60s at that time in his 60s. And he, was, he lived his life. And you know what? He lived way beneath the victory that he should have had. I learned something from him. Because you know, I was saying, Lord, you know, bless his heart. And, and God said, no, you need to learn. I'm dealing with him. But you need to learn that you don't live in the shoulda, coulda, woulda. <laughs> you need to turn that loose. Forget the past and go on. Or sometimes, you know, we live in that past of when things were really good. And we go to that one time where things were really good and we just kind of want to dwell there. Well, you know, I remember when, you know, everything was all right. And so we just, you know, back in the good old days and we're going to live in the good old days. Well, I'm telling you, the good old days are gone. <laughs> Now's the good old days. Now's the good new days. So live in the good, good new days and then you'll have more good old days to talk about later on when you get to heaven. But, you know, don't live in the good old days. Thank God for the good old days. A lot of times, though, you didn't know it was a good old day until you get here now, and you're like, you know, I look back, and really, that was a good time. Well, it wasn't so good then. <laughs> you know, maybe it was a little tough. Maybe you were doing some, going through some things for God then, and you were being strengthened. And as you look back, you think, wow, that was so cool. And so, but you want to live back there. God says, hey, forget the past. Go on, move on. You can only do something now in the present. And so, you got to re release those things and renew yourself and, and go on into a, a new day. Henry Ward Beecher says this about a new year. He says, every man should be born again on the first day of January. Start with a fresh page. Take up one hole more in the buckle if necessary or let down one according to the circumstances. But on the first day of January, let every man gird himself once more with his face to the front and take no interest in the things that were, at, were or are past. So you've got to move on. You know, praise God. Your past is done, so forget it. You know, your future is yet to come, so dream it. Uh, but the, presence is, the present time is now, so live it. <laughs> and live it with no regrets. I think somebody asked me, Pastor, do you have any regrets? And I got to thinking about it, you know. I really don't. Even through some tough times and some difficult times, I really don't have any regrets. And, and I thought, well, Lord, am I, did I miss something? Where I, was I so, like, out of it that I'm just not, not seeing that? Am I so, like, pushed that I'm not going to look at that, you know, and let it hold me back that I'm forgetting? I thought, no. Even in those things, that, the things that were tough, you know, I don't regret them because I see now how, that made, it, how it made me stronger. You know, we ought to live with no regrets. If Jesus came today, you know what? The only thing that would, I would want was to win more people to Jesus. I think that would be the only regret that I would have is to win more for the Lord, have a greater harvest than what we've seen before. So come on, get past those things and leave your past behind you. Forget your, your past failures and get victory over it and move forward. The second thing that you've got to do is you've got to resolve to give up your hates, the things that you, that your past hates. You need to forgive others. You know, there's been people in your life that maybe they've done something to you. They've hurt you and, and uh, they've really been vicious against you. And, and that doesn't mean that you can forget what they did or condone what they did. Not at all. That doesn't mean that you condone those things or say that it was okay. It wasn't. But God can give you grace for that. 
And when you forgive them, what that does, it creates a whole new environment that you can walk into. You know, you can say, well, you can forget those things. No, you can't. You can never forget where you've been hurt, abused. Someone just, just penetrated your heart, just pierced your heart and hurt you. But you can hang on to that and let it become a, a grudge or something that you begin to just, it just works in you. And it just works up bitterness with inside of you. And you're just like, and it, it comes to be a, a hatred. It's a grievance is what the Bible calls it. And you have that against somebody. And you know what? That will always be a part of you that's chained to that. You're not free if you're still holding that. You got to release it and you got to renew that part of your heart. You got to forget. And the only way that it can come about is through forgiveness. Through forgiveness. Forgiving that person. The Apostle Paul said in Colossians, the third chapter, verse 13, he said, Bear with each other. And you know what that means in the Greek? Put up with them. <laughs> it's just some people you have to put up with. Oh, Lord, can you get me away from this person? It's somebody that you work with or whatever. Just bear with them. I, I remember I was working for a construction company, and this guy, man, he was just, he was, uh, he was our uh, superintendent on the, on the job of our crew, and uh, he was a foreman of our crew, I mean. And I just and he knew I was a Christian, and he knew that I believed in the infilling of the Holy Spirit, and he just wanted to chide me. He wanted to just, and he just, it was all the time. And I thought, Lord, get me away from this guy. And I, then I would be reading and say, pray for those that despitefully use you. Okay, I'm praying for him. Yeah, I'm praying for him. Kill him, Lord. You know? <laughs> I'm really praying for him. Let that beam fall down. Just <laughs> Wait a minute, that's not the kind of prayer, you know, that God wants. And, and I thought, Lord, why, you could just move me to another crew. You could just do such and such. And no, get me right there. And it, was, it seemed to be something I just started to dread all the time. And God says, you know what, you got to just forgive him for those things. Don't let it just be something that drives a, uh, a wedge between you. Love him. I thought, love him? You know, look beyond those things over here to love him and say that you can see a, a lack in his life. There's something there that's, you know, that's trying, that he's expressing because he's expressing a lack. And you know what? Something changed in me. And when it was amazing how much he changed when I changed. Have you ever noticed that? It's like, man, that person really used to bother me, but they don't bother me anymore. When you change... It seemed like that they change. And things became different. And, you know, we became really good friends and, and uh, worked together. And, and it, right after that, God moved me on to a different crew to, and took a different position, got a raise and moved on up. And I thought, well, why didn't you do this a long time ago? And no, because that had to work something in you and it had to work something in him. But sometimes, you know, I can't forget those things. I still remember them. It's easy to say, oh, just forget them. Just forget about it. You can't forget it. But that's okay. Because when you... Even when you remember them and you remember how much it hurt and how much they wanted to hurt you and maybe the hatred that was coming out toward you and then you still forgive them and you really do forgive them and you release them, that's even greater. It's far greater because grace is working through you. These grievance things uh, that... Paul talks about here in, in Colossians, it's a, it seems to be a grudge. He goes on and says, bear with each other and forgive each other whatever grievance that you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. So those things and those people that have hurt you and, and intentionally hurt you. You know, there's, a, there's some, you know, sometimes people hurt you and they don't mean to. They're just stupid. 
you know, they're just ignorant. And they don't have any cooth. They don't understand that they're really hurt. But there's others that they intentionally try to hurt you. You know what I'm talking about? You know, we need to forgive both. But especially those that intentionally did it. And this, this grievance that, is, that Paul mentions here, it means a persistent feeling of ill will or resentment resulting from a, a past insult or injury. A, a persistent feeling of ill will. Just always there. It's a persistent feeling of ill will. And it becomes a chain. It becomes a weight that holds you back. You can never go forward far enough. You can never really enter into the, the best that God has for you when you're being chained to that because of unforgiveness. You've got to forgive other people that are around you. You've got to let go of that thing. One person said, you can't reach anything new uh, if your hands are still full of, your, full of junk. You know, you can't reach what, the new that God has for you if you're still holding on to those things and those hurts. You might say, well, but, you know, I'm so spiritual and I pray all this. But if you're still, if that thing is still there, there's still ill will toward that person. You've got to forgive them. And you need it as much as they need it. You know, forgive, he says, as the Lord forgave you. Bear with each other. <laughs> Bear with them and forgive each other whatever grievances that you have. And, um, and then he says, uh, to uh, forgive as the Lord forgave you. Hallelujah. This one person said, uh, he says, forgiveness does not erase the bitter past. A healed memory is not a, a deleted memory. Instead, forgiving what we cannot forget creates a new way to remember. We change the memory of our past into a hope for our future. That's what I was talking about a while ago. You don't really forget it, but you change it. You change that memory into something that becomes hope that you can step on into, into the future. It becomes a strength in you that you went past that thing, that, that there's no weapon that's formed against you that can prosper. All those that rise up against you shall fall. You know, they're going to fall by the wayside. They're not going to really hinder us anymore because we're not, our attention is not drawn to that. So forgive yourself. Forgive others. And you know what? You need to seek forgiveness for yourself in some areas where maybe you've hurt somebody else. You need to resolve to restore relationships. You say, well, you know, yeah, but everything's cool now. That was a long time ago that that happened, you know, that, that you hurt somebody. And, and it's better now, you know, we don't really talk that much. And is it really? You still think about it? Or are you still kind of like wondering if there's something there? You know, there's a principle where we need to go to that person. Restitution. Restitution's not so much just in property, but really in restoring a relationship. Going to that person and say, you know, I've been thinking about some things that I did, and I know that what I did really hurt you. It wounded you. It offended you. And, you know, here's the thing. It might not have been something intentional for you. Maybe it's just something that you did, and maybe you were right. But if it offended, if it caused an offense to that person, Jesus said, you know, if you, you bring your gift into the altar, and if there's if an offense, you leave your gift there, and you go back out, and, and you find your brother and seek forgiveness. If you know that something's there, somebody's taken up, a grievance against you you go to them and say you know I know that what I did offended you and it hurt you and, and I, I'm asking you if you'll forgive me for doing that you know there's no there's no opposition there's no there's no weapon for for forgiveness either you do or you don't you know there's nothing that you can do with it you know you can say well I'm sorry and they say, oh yeah yeah you are an apology is okay, but it's not the same as forgiveness because if a person really does forgive you, then they're not going to hold it against you anymore. You see what I'm saying? And that frees the way, then it frees you up. It frees that person up. 
Just like you were asking, you know, how you had to forgive other people before. Now then you need to be forgiven. You need to seek that forgiveness. And God will strengthen you. He'll give you greater degrees of victory that you'll walk into because of that. In Romans chapter 12, verse 18, the Apostle Paul says this about that. He says, if it is possible, as far as it depends upon you, live at peace with everyone. If it's possible, he says, as far as it depends on you. In other words, it really does depend on us. Are we going to seek out to forgive people, to, to live in peace with other people around us? Uh, we need to do that and we'll, so that we can walk in greater degrees of victory. Praise God. Then the last thing is, is that we need to turn our back this year. We need to step out of those past habits, those past transgressions. You know, the Apostle Paul writing to the Hebrews, he says, let us lay aside every weight. So we've talked about some weights that hold us back, this unforgiveness and, and some uh, grudges or grievances that we're holding against somebody else or something that we've done. So we're laying aside those weights. It says lay aside every weight and the sin that so easily besets you. NIV says entangles you. The King James says besets you. I remember hearing the old, old time saints talk about the besetting sin. You know, I'm thinking, what are they saying? Besetting sin, a besetting sin, a besetting sin. The sin that besets us, it entangles us, it wraps us up, it draws us, it pulls us. You know, there's some things, you became a Christian, a child of God, and you asked God to forgive you, and some things were easy. Some things you walked away from. Some things, some sins were easy to walk away from. There's some things, or some thing that has a hold and it pulls on you and and you turn and you'll go back to it and you feel such a failure you think, oh lord and and i'm not going to do that again and then you find yourself going back to it once again and it's always pulling you back that's what the old timers would call a besetting sin it's one of those things that entangles us and if we're going to walk into a greater degree of victory this complete victory that god has for us we got to walk away from those things Maybe it's pornography in your life, and you feel like that you've gotten victory, but it pulls you back. you got to get free from it. It could have been, uh, you know, uh, it can be whatever habits that you have. It's, it's based upon habits. And see, in our body and, and our soul, we want to go back to those things. There are certain trigger points around in, in every day when we're living, you know, that, that will trigger this, this response of what we used to do. I mean, you know what I'm talking about. If you've ever had any kind of habit that you've, that you've tried to break, that, you know, you associate certain things with it. And when that happens, uh, then it triggers that, that impulse to go back and do that thing. you got to get free from that. And you say, well, how can I? I just don't have the strength. I've tried and tried and tried. I've tried and tried and tried. The Apostle Paul says in Romans chapter 7, he says, you know, what I want to do, I find myself not doing. And what I don't want to do, that's what I find myself doing. Is, oh, wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from this besetting sin? I'll throw that in. And then he answers the question itself in chapter 8. He says, I thank God that through the Lord Jesus Christ, you can't do it in yourself. This battle that you're facing, you can't fight it on your own. You know, you need to stand still. You need to stand firm. You need to show up. And when you confront that habit, you need to stand firm. And then you need to trust the Holy Spirit to anoint you and to bring about the power of God to defeat that enemy. Amen. You can fight it. You can fight it. You can fight it. I remember this one guy, he said, he'd been trying to stop smoking. He said, well, you know, pray for me, you know. And I said, okay, well, I'm going to pray for you, but what are you going to do? What are you going to do about it? Are you going to confront it and stand firm when this thing happens and then ask God to help you, or do you give in? And, you know, if you give in, it's kind of, then you feel bad, you failed, and here you go. You're all in this old cycle again. 
When you stand firm and say, God, help me. I cannot do this. When I was 21 and old, <laughs> I was old now. I was 21 years old, man. And I was smoking. I worked for Rock Island Railroad at the time. I was smoking. I don't have many cigarettes a day, like two. No, <laughs> maybe a whole pack or something. But I remember getting up in the morning and coughing and hacking and thinking, man, what am I going to do when I really get old, like 25, <laughs> you know? If I don't know if I can make it that long or not. And so I tried and I tried, you know. And that's back when cigarettes were like 50 cents a pack. And I'd throw them out the window, you know, and I'd get down to the other corner and I'd go in and buy another pack. And I was just having a hard time with this. And I was just really getting my life, giving my life to the Lord. And this was really bothering me. It was really bothering me because it reminded me that I was weak. I couldn't break this thing. This thing had a hold of me. And I was like, I can't do it. I can't do it. And I'd try and try and try. And I remember one time I was so frustrated that I couldn't do this. And I prayed. I said, God, help me in this. And he said, and it's just like, answer, okay, I'll help you, but you got to do your part. You do your part, and I'll do my part. Now, well, what's my part? You got to show up. And when that temptation comes, you got to stand firm and, and resist it. Resist the devil, and he'll flee from you. I said, okay. And so I began to do that. And, and when it would happen, I began to pray and say, Holy Spirit, you help me. I can't do this on my own, but I know you can help me. I know you can give me the strength to be victorious here. And you know what? He did. It was like a little bit of strength. And I'm like, oh, man, I felt like I, I gained a little bit of ground. And it's like, Praise God. And then it got easier to defeat that thing. And easier and easier till I didn't even think about it anymore. I was still in the Air National Guard at the time. Had to go out every month and, and do uh, guard duty. And I remember that month I went out and everything was going cool. Went out into the warehouse and stuff. And this guy lit up a cigarette. If any of you ever smoked, boy, you know what that smells like. It's like, whoa. It's like coffee drinkers when somebody opens a can of coffee. Ooh. What was that? And I thought... And so I thought, you know, I'm having this struggle. I thought, hmm, man, I sure like to have a cigarette. And I thought, man, I'm over this. And then I thought, that's right, I'm over it. I am over it. Uh-oh, who's getting the credit here? I give myself for the credit. I forgot about the Lord. Oh, one of the other things I said when I prayed, I said, Lord, help me. Help me in this, Lord. And if I ever do, you got to watch those P.S. on your prayer. If I ever do, just let it make me sick. So I forgot all about that because I thought I did this. You know, I forgot about how hard it was. You know, it was it, it was so uh, so long ago. You know, like three or four months, <laughs> and it was in my past, and it was so easy now. So I said, "Hey, man, gonna bum a cigarette off of you?" Yeah, you know. So I lit that thing up, and all of a sudden, oh man! And then I thought, "Oh, I'm about to throw up." And so I politely excused myself, went outside, put that thing out. And I was standing there like trying like, oh, man, I feel bad. And then I remembered the P.S. <laughs> and I thought, Lord, you did your part. <laughs> you helped me. And then I began to realize how weak I was. And it really wasn't my strength. All I had to do is when it happened, I had to stand firm and say, God, help me in this. Instead of looking at my temptation, instead of looking at that habit, that besetting sin, I wanted to look unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of my faith, who would give me the strength to get through that thing. Now, whatever it is that might have a hold of you, you can get rid of it today, not by so much, you know, in your own strength and your own will and having willpower because that won't get you there. But his power will get you there. But you've got to show up. You've got to report for duty. You've got to come out. You've got to face them and stand firm. And then the Lord will fight your battle for you. I want to tell you something. We've got a new year of great victory ahead of us. Amen? You believe it? Let's stand this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, today we just give you thanks. We give you praise today for what you're doing in our life and what you're calling us to. 
Thank you that you're challenging us to make some resolutions today, to resolve, to do our part. Father, you, you want us to walk in righteousness. You've declared us to be righteous. But now through sanctification, that's the process of where we become righteous. Righteous is right relationships. And Father, we hear you saying out of this, we've got to have a right relationship with ourselves. So we've got to forgive ourselves for those past failures, those bad choices and things that happen. We've got to forgive. Then we've got to have a right relationship with others, those around us. We've got to forgive those that have hurt us so that we don't harbor that grievance and let it become bitterness. We've got to forgive others. And Father, we've got to seek forgiveness from others of where we've hurt them so that we can walk in righteousness and in a right relationship with those that are around us. And then, Father, we've got to ask you to forgive us where we have given way to sin in the past. That those habits we fall back into, those things that separate us from you, hold us back from your, be your best. Forgive us for those things, Father, so that we can be in a right relationship with you, making it real in our life. While we're praying this morning, our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. Is there some area, I know there is, there's an area that we talked about this morning where you need to exercise forgiveness, maybe every one of them. You need to forgive yourself for past failures. Let me tell you, you got too much to win to lose. Satan wants you to lose. He wants you to fall back. He wants to hold you in captivity. Forgive yourself for those bad decisions. Okay, it happened. It's in the past. Press on. There's a new day ahead. There's a new year ahead. Forgive yourself. Do it right now. Do it right now. Release yourself. I want you to see yourself being unchained from that failure. Now then, forgiveness for others. Who hurt you? Somebody that was vicious against you. Intentionally wanted to just hurt you. Release them. Forgive them. You're bigger than that. God's your strength now. He's your comfort. He's your shelter. Forgive those people. You might need to go to them. I don't know. But you got to release them. you got to forgive them. What about you? Do you need to ask someone to forgive you? Did you hurt somebody? Had you, did you lash out? Maybe just in the heat of something in a, and you just said something and you wanted to hurt because maybe you were being hurt. Maybe you need to seek out and, and, and ask them to forgive you. Don't let that be something that holds you back from the victory that God has for you this year. Get a release. And then... How about seeking forgiveness from God? From that habitual sin, that besetting sin, that, that, the one that entangles you, that keeps you from running that race. It seems like that you take, you know, three step, two steps forward and three steps back and, and you're just in this vicious cycle and you say, I want it to end. Well, your victory comes from the Lord. Thanks be unto God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus, strength, Lord, Lord Jesus Christ. Get your strength from him. You take a stand. You take a stand. Stand firm. Don't give in. And then you cry out to God, God, help me in this. You are my deliverer. You are my strength. You're the one that says I have victory. I have victory in you. And you, then you stand there and you stand firm.
Don't give way. Don't give way to that habitual sin. God will forgive you. He releases you. Receive that forgiveness from him. Receive it right now, provisionally. You're going to walk into a newness. You're turning away from that thing. You're leaving that habit or whatever it is. In the past, you're walking away from it. Now, receive forgiveness for it because you're going to need that forgiveness and his grace for his strength when you confront it again because it will come back to try to get you to ensnare you and hold you back. And when it does, you'll have that strength from the grace that God gives. Like Paul said, his grace is sufficient for me. It's more than enough. And it'll hold you every time that that thing comes back to try to pull you back down. Receive it right now. I'm going to pray. And I want you to, to make it real. Make it happen. We're not just playing around here. This is not a, this is not a public speech. Man, I worked up a sweat up here. <laughs> I mean, this is real stuff, man. God's got something for us this year. I don't want you to miss out on any of it. So let's pray and let's seal it right now. And you pray and you seal these things with the Lord, this forgiveness. Father, right now, before your throne, we come with boldness before your throne to obtain mercy and find grace that helps us in our time of need. We need your grace. Father, to forgive ourselves from past failures, to forgive others from past hurts, to seek forgiveness for where we've hurt others, to receive forgiveness from you and find grace to help us to walk in victory and not in habits and hold hang-ups and things that come against us. Father, we receive it right now. We receive your grace. We declare that we are victorious, that we are strong in the Lord and in your mighty power, that we can do all things through Christ that gives us strength. Father, help us to pray right now in every step that we take. Father, we just declare and proclaim, decree complete victory, larger realms of victory than we've ever walked in before in Jesus' name. Now, while we're praying this morning, if you've never accepted Christ, if you're not sure of your relationship with the Lord, you need to do so right now. If you're hearing this, if you're listening to this, if you hear me right now, and you're not sure that you're going to spend eternity in heaven, then do so. Pray this prayer with me. Heavenly Father, I know that I'm a sinner and away from you, and I can't save myself. But I believe that you sent your son Jesus to die for me. I receive your love gift. I repent. I turn from my sin. I trust you. I believe in you. I confess with my mouth that you are Lord. Thank you for salvation. Thank you for eternal life. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Amen. Well, God bless you. Walk in some victory today. Take it today. Tell somebody that you love them and give a happy new year. Uh, high five to them. Amen.